Passing Dimes is proud to welcome a new partner to the show, Momentum Pro Camps. Momentum Pro Camps runs volleyball camps across Ontario, bringing professional athletes, coaches, and resources to communities, clubs, and partners. Momentum's mission is to inspire and develop high performers for life, and they're doing just that. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Momentum has suspended all programming until permitted by local public health recommendations. However, they have developed incredible future programming for athletes to benefit from and are excited to share it with all of you when we can play again. Follow us on social media at Momentum Pro Camps for updates and details on future programs or email us at contact at MomentumProCamps.com. Stay excellent, friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of Sharp Cuts. This is a great combination between the Passing Knives podcast and Yes Guy Gaming. So if you're looking for the podcast, this this isn't it. This is going to be a volleyball show, but it's going to be discussion-based. There's going to be some jokes made. People are going to be offended. We're going to argue. Like, we got a great panel. I, I can't wait to get into it. I just I just know we're not going to all agree on the same things here, Garrett. So this is going to be a good show. So I'll toss it over to my guy, Garrett May from Yes Guy Gaming, and you can introduce our guests for this week. Well, thanks, Josh, and uh, welcome everybody to Sharp Cuts, Yes Guy Gaming, Pass and Dimes, teaming up. We're here. We're ready to go. Let's get right into it. Let's meet our guests. So first up, and I have to introduce this guest first because they wouldn't let me live it down, um, recently voted as the most favorite guest that we've had on the show so far and has not let me forget it in the week since. It's John May. John, welcome to the show. Dad, it's great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be back on the show. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to get into some some sharp cuts. Great. Do you want to tell the people just how many times you phoned me and reminded me that you won the poll for who's the favorite guest so far? Uh, I think it's been eight times exactly. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, if you're keeping score at home, it's been eight. There we go. Um, so moving on, we'll introduce uh, our second guest for the night. Um, this guy, just eager to be on the show. We're happy to have him. Young guy, still playing indoors at the University of Calgary. It's Tom Sora. Welcome, Tom, yeah. to the show. How you doing? Good. Yeah, no, I'm great. Just soaking up the sun and the warm weather here in Calgary right now. Mm, absolutely not, I'm sure. How, how freezing <laughs> is it there on a, scale of, right on a scale of frostbite to you're doing all right? How bad is it? It's been 18 degrees twice in the past week, so... I'm loving life. What do they call that? That's a Chinook or something? Chinook, yeah. Yeah, it's a Chinook. Well, we're incredibly jealous, but hopefully that's coming our way here in Toronto. Um, let's meet our third and final guest, um, Sunhat Skyball Master. Used to play for McMaster University. Kicked my ass on a number of occasions. Uh, it's Andrew Coker. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure I mean, I here. can now say we're glad to have you on the show because both our playing careers are done. But uh, back in the day, it might have been a little bit more contentious. But welcome everybody to the show. Um, that's really it, Josh. What are we? What are we getting into first? Where are we going to start? What are we getting with? There's a lot we can cover with this panel, but where I want to start is Tom Sawyer is actually a big fan of the show, and he listened to last week's where we talked about volleyball suffers sometimes because the commentary is not very good, but Tom actually sent me a text after last week's episode being like, you guys are missing something. Everybody's missing something. There's a reason why beach volleyball isn't as popular, and you guys got to hear my side of the story. So Tom, please elaborate on this awesome text message that got me fired up and got you on the show. We're, we're starting with a business. chirp from Tom, like he's immediately chirping us, we're missing something right away. 
Misty showed me like time. we just we we're not brainstorming to the level that his St. Mike's Ed and Calgary education have done for him. So we we have a blind spot maybe, and I want to get into it. Well. Josh, appreciate it. Definitely hyped me up way too much. I'm definitely going to underperform this 100% uh, with 100% success rate on the failure. So, uh, yeah, no, I was listening to it, and then I heard kind of Jake and Joel talking about the whole, like, marketing scheme and, like, ways to kind of, like, tap into a, a different market or, like, trying to engage the audience in a different way that, like, other uh, big leagues, for example, like the NBA or NFL do. Um, but they were kind of avoiding literally everything else. No, uh, no shade thrown there. I promise. <laughs> uh, no chirps. Yeah, I mean, it's like, sharp cuts. Don't be afraid. You can tell them they oh, suck. There'll be more chirps coming. There, there oh. gonna be some pretty deep chirps. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But yeah, the idea of the business model of uh, the FIVB and like the specific countries, like you gotta, you gotta break it down to the foundation level, right? It can't just be marketing. Marketing's a part of it, yeah. But that comes later on once you create business model, which is obviously up uh like subject to change and like pivoting but that's i think the biggest thing and it's nice to have john on here because uh for him creating the the labat tour he definitely would have probably the best insight uh and it would definitely surpass my ignorant views because i wasn't alive then so i'd love to hear john's side of what he thinks of that too here we go <laughs> well i don't know what you mean by a business model i always i always thought business models were where you had to make money and, uh, you know, that, that's the issue, I think. Nobody's making any money at the sport. Therefore, nobody's really reinvesting. And there is no business model. I think, uh, you know, it's a challenging question. But, you know, <laughs> Tom, it's funny. Uh, you know, you're, you're second or maybe third generation volleyball person. It's still a pretty young sport as far as its growth goes. Uh, and there's still lots of time. I hate to say that, but there's still lots of time for the sport to grow. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like looking at, for example, golf and tennis, right? It's a similar idea where people are coming from all around the world and partaking in these major events, uh, but they've been around for significantly longer. So it is definitely going to take a long time for, I believe, for beach volleyball to kind of to take up and build more of an audience. Well, sometimes... And rarely, we've only been five episodes, sometimes a guest brings something to the table that we had already perfectly planned for without talking to each other at all. On Monday, I put out a poll on the Yes Guy Gaming YouTube channel that goes exactly into this topic. I swear we didn't talk about this before. Um, subscribe to Yes Guy Gaming, by the way, if you want to see all these uh, polls. But uh, So my question was, what does volleyball need to do to improve the market and reach of the sport. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll try to put this up on the screen so you can see the results. Um, the options were more available streaming viewing opportunities, better live commentary on games events, more personality from top stars, better content creators, and better more volleyball related video games. So, I mean, before I kind of say what uh, what the results were, I figured uh, let's uh, let's just pull the room, Andrew. What? What do you think of those five you would pick for kind of to help volleyball grow and develop? Right. I was thinking about this actually. It's funny. I guess it's all going full circle here. But I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was in a. I was talking to uh, actually my dad, Roman, um, and it stemmed from a conversation that he was having with John. But I think one of those options that you said, having all of the streams available on one platform would help a lot. Because even for me, when I'm trying to watch – you know, some of my some of my buddies like Danny or, or Steve O or some of these guys that are you know, playing in Italy or, or, or 
France or all over the world. You got to pay 15 bucks here, 15 bucks here, 15 bucks here. They're in three different leagues. There's, you know, so it becomes a hassle to try and track all that down. It's becoming like Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, you know, but now being able to actually have one place to go to, I think big difference. Big yeah, difference. true. That does like sound a- really <laughs> terrible. Like you got to pay like so for each different guy, you want to watch maybe one or two games. You got to pay just for that service. Exactly. Yeah. How awful is yeah. that? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I guess think, pretty uh, awful. You guys aren't jumping on that right away. Well, um, how about you two guys? What would you say out of those five options? Where would you throw yourselves? Uh, I would agree. Honestly, like paying for like one subscription to one platform would be a lot better. I believe it's a lot easier to access. Uh, there's not a lot of research that involved. Just looking at pretty much one one link and you're there and then you just pay. So I would agree with that one, honestly, hundred percent. I don't think any of them are the key reason. Well, I, I figured you would say that. something like that. Of course you would go off the board. You can't be bound. Well, I, 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 I don't think you've hit the nail anywhere near the head. It's bent and you probably hit your thumb at the same time. Okay. So uh, I was expecting this. So what option would you have put on there instead that I missed? Well, I think it's already happened, to be honest with you, which, you know, we spoke about it uh, the last time I was on the episode. And have you guys heard of Volleyball World? And do you know about the whole investment that that companies come in and put 300 million U.S. into it and is going to raise the level of all the major events, whether it's the Nations League? Like, there's no solid brand that's the issue there's no solid brand for volleyball it's just volleyball and it's recognized at that sport that i played in public school or high school like everybody i meet i had a guy come over to the house the other day was fixing our gym equipment he said he was a volleyball player i was like oh really Mm, sorry about you weren't no he saw the pictures of john and mark i got a picture of john and mark in my basement i got all the crush pictures like i got all this volleyball paraphernalia, Christina's picture all over the place. And he says, oh, what's your connection with volleyball? I said, well, this is it. He said, oh, yeah, I'm a volleyball player. I'm a beach volleyball player. <laughs> the, guy, the guy, great guy, don't get me wrong, but that's just it. He thinks he's a volleyball player. So you didn't There's say, no... when he said, what's your connection to volleyball, you didn't say, I am volleyball in Canada. That sounds exactly <laughs> to me like something you might say. So you didn't say that? <laughs> that's exactly what i said oh you did yeah <laughs> no 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 well i didn't i didn't i didn't well but i mean it, it, i'll tell you the results of the poll that's the truth do you guys want What's to hear that? the results oh, or, let, me, I mean, let me chime in first can i i get a vote no though? i mean I, I was actually trying to avoid that but yeah okay go ahead uh, that's fine <laughs> i don't i don't think it is streaming and the reason i say that is because when they forced us to stream nationals we all just shared a password when, when Tom is out in Canada West and they have a streaming service, we all just share a password. I don't think volleyball people are traditionally money spenders where I think the the content creation needs to get stepped up a little bit. I can't remember the last time I watched a full NBA game, but I'll watch highlights. I'll watch players. I'll figure it out that way where I think that might be the secret where a casual fan can't just click on and watch, I don't know, Allison do some crazy blocks or stuff. Like to watch a full match is a little much sometimes versus where can we just go get highlights or watch the best players or, or just get short clips of something, right? Yeah, I mean, that's probably where I would go as well, just because we are content creators. And so I think that lends a huge bias. Better to uh, to us. Yeah, better content creators. Come on, that's us, right? Yeah, we're coming to save the day. Um, But I'll tell you the results, boys. 
and all the listeners at home. So in first place, most people agreed with Andrew and Tom. More available streaming viewing opportunities. It seems that that's a pretty common, and we've had a few comments on just mentioning how difficult it is to find all these things, A, in one place, but B, just generally, like, where are the college games streamed in Canada, in the U.S.? Some of these pro tours, um, pro leagues in Europe, for indoor specifically. The beach stuff, yeah, the volleyball world is kind of up and coming, so maybe that'll help. But again, that's only the international stuff, right? They don't have anything for pro, which is in some ways even bigger than, you know, the, I know they're all affiliated and stuff like that. So that was number one. Second place with 25% of the vote, you'll be shocked, is more slash better volleyball video games, which that one hits close to home. If you're a listener out there and you haven't, uh, you got an itch to scratch for volleyball video games, hit up Yes Guy Gaming because we, that, that's what the channel is mostly dedicated to. But it is true that like, you think about NBA, 2K, you think about the NHL games, you think about Madden, like that really helps to kind of up the brand for your sport as well to a younger audience who's kind of a little bit more tech savvy. Yeah, okay, great. Um, but where's the where's the number? Because I've heard rumors that when EA Sports like makes a video game, like you need to almost guarantee like 3 million sales or something crazy, right? Like if you want like a lacrosse video game or a skateboarding, like something a little bit more niche, like you, you need to prove there's a market. Like to compare us to Madden is cool, but... Madden is like one of the best video games, top sellers every single year, right? Yeah, you you need a lot of money investment to do it, and you know you need a lot of people to buy it. I think there's probably a couple hundred thousand people you could get, but you know one to two million sales would probably be tough, especially for volleyball fans. Because like you were saying, Dad, you're saying, yeah, this guy thinks he's a volleyball guy, but he doesn't watch anything. He doesn't know anything. He's not looking for volleyball video games. Like that is a pretty common, I would say, fan or volleyball community member, at least in North America. I think. Yeah, that's the issue. There's no, there's no brand of what the real, not the real. That's the, not the right saying. It, what's the top level volleyball? What is it? It's volley. Yeah, I'm a volleyball person. What does that mean? Doesn't mean anything. Well, it's like, Tom Sora. He's the only one who's still playing. He's the top level on this show. Are you kidding me? And and, and absolutely he is. But because he's playing university volleyball, so if at least if 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 everybody if the university volleyball like if the U sports, and I think it could be, if that was it, that everybody was was into and everybody went to all the games and that's what the brand was built around, then at least we'd have something. But yeah. we don't have anything. I like mean that. I don't know if it's World League or if it's yeah. Beach League or if it's what 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 is it the FIVB? Because they just changed their name to Volleyball World. Yeah. So I guess they're not marketing the FIVB brand anymore. It's now going to be Volleyball World. There okay, is well, no, no consistency yeah. with the brand. We're uh, we're hopeful to get along their good side a little bit. So maybe let's just reverse and just say, how great is this new Volleyball World thing? <laughs> no, but it's a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, yeah, it's true. I'll be honest. And like, Tom, I've, I've never watched one of your games. Like, I'm a volleyball fan. Like, I know you, we've met a number of times, like we've been around, but I've never, it's just something I've never done. It's not like I'm a volleyball fan, but I'm never going on, oh, you know, like there's a match happening right now on a Friday night. Like I'm a tune in because it's like, well, you know, like, I don't know. Right. I, I think for me, it's missing that, that fire, that kind of pizzazz of the broadcast. Like you think about stuff you watch on the TV wow factor. and how wow everybody's factor. like hamming it up, the commentary, like it's, it's like it's, it's a show, right? Rather than you just getting a stream from the end line and nobody's there. It's just kind of like, oh, well, like, it's like I'm here, but worse. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I also know that uh, I, I can't speak for like Ontario or other leagues, but I know in Canada West, majority of the actual like broadcasters are pretty good. A lot of them actually know volleyball really well and like the color commentators and stuff. But I know there are a couple schools where it's literally just the media team and it's brutal. <laughs> it's like it's you don't even want to watch. Like no one wants to tune in because it's no one knows what the hell's going on, right? Mm. Um, and that's a big struggle too, I think. But obviously, it depends on budgets and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, well, I think they need to get some volleyball personalities in there, some entertaining folks, maybe some guys who run, you know, a volleyball-related talk show or, you know, a show or a podcast, like, just spitballing here. Maybe they could get some more folks like that involved. Josh, I don't know if you agree with that. Probably you do. I'm certainly available if anyone ever wants to hire <laughs> us. I mean... <laughs> the, show's, the show's really evolved into just a shameless plug, hasn't it? That's where, that's where we've gotten to. It's it, well, a shameless plug. I don't think it's evolved into that. It started as that, and it's just continued yeah. to be that. You should, you should start watching Tom's matches because how many of you watched? Know, how many of you well, watched? You know, I, I'm going to start because I just realized coming on this call with Tom, it's sort of the first time we've actually met. But I, I now realize just on being on the call, which is a bit embarrassing. But Tom and I are family. We are. <laughs> So oh yeah! Oh, it's totally it's forgot. Technically related to Tom. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know what? I, I, I. When you said Tom was coming on the show, I did. I, I didn't mm -hmm. put. But yes, the Sora family, the Estonian network. I'm related to Tom. So we got hey, the Estonian hey. flag in the back. Well, hold yes. on, hold on. So that means I'm related to Tom. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> hey. Maybe I can finally Sorry. put my like, distant relative under Tom's name on a poll and hopefully people will vote for them instead of for you, Dad, so that we can be rid of you bragging every time you come on the show. Well, you know, I, I, can't, I, I do have a bit of Estonian in me now. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, every time in previous shows, like, everybody brings you up and all that and your stuff. So... Tom, I'm not sure if you want to be related to this. Just think about it. We don't need to make it official just yet. There's still time to reevaluate. Maybe I'll up my votes, or maybe I'll just be below garbage. I don't know yet. We'll kind of find out. Well, I guess. this show is garbage. Beat everybody else we had. So I don't know. That would be yeah. Maybe I'll just so leave the bar's kind of low. We don't want yeah. that to happen to anybody. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's cool that if you marry an Estonian, you have like a one in four chance of being related to Tom Sawyer or Alex Boldba. Like, there's just like... Yeah, no question. They're all related. Everybody, yeah. everybody from Estonia is related. Somehow. One way or another. Before we move on, I do have one more just general marketing question, because that was Jake's big point. And I want to ask Coker, because he is business savvy. Like, he's left the volleyball world and got a big boy job. So We're all Andrew, kind of jealous, if, if, to be honest. A little bit, but if, if McNeil Hoey or, or Tom Sawyer said, hey, I'm going to Youth World Championships, will you sponsor my shorts? You being a business guy, would you say, yeah, my return on investment, guys, like, I'd like to help you out, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, when players just think our sport needs sponsors, with you being a business guy, what would the business want out of that relationship? Because I think it's too quick for people to say, oh, we just need more sponsors. Well, what does the sponsor get out of being involved in our sport? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, because um, back in the inception of, of Massey, Massey Capital back in 2017, we did sponsor Grant and uh, and Sam, right? So they had they wore Massey hats on tour, they had Massey Capital on their shorts. Um, and, um, you know, it was, it was great. I mean, we, we 
you know, it's, it's a little bit different because we had a personal relationship with some of those guys as well. I don't know if, if, if that wasn't the case or if we weren't volleyball guys, we, you know, we probably might've, might've happened differently. Cause you like definitely you said, wouldn't have sponsored them. It's okay to say <laughs> it, sharp cuts, Andrew, you got to take a side. Yeah, like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah we would, we would have sponsored Grant, not Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but I think that we've thought about this over some time now. I mean, like at the ultimate stage, if you did have somebody going to the Olympics, right, where, you know, you could get a logo on there and obviously, you know, the price point would be different, but that would be, that would be a huge thing because we're seeing, you know, no matter what it is, everybody watches the Olympics, everybody watches, and especially beach volleyball and volleyball, right? Well, beach volleyball, maybe a little bit more, but um, um, yeah, so I, I think, like you said, it is the return on investment probably isn't there right now, probably because in the in the other than these extraordinary events like you know maybe World League or Olympics or something like that, just because the exposure like there's not enough people seeing it and there's not enough people seeing it that are from North America or people that we would want to see it. Right. Josh, was that like a subtle way of calling out some of the guys you coach? Like, hey boys, you're getting caught up with sponsors. Listen to Coker here; he knows what he's talking about. No, it's just defeating as a guy who's worked on like the admin side of been a coach that every time an athlete just goes, why don't we have a pro tour? We just need sponsors. Yeah, but if you approach Coca-Cola, what does Coca-Cola get out of sponsoring us? I don't think they see the other side that somebody's just going to give volleyball $100,000 to run a pro event. It's not that simple. There has to be a deliverable or something in it for them other than like, don't get me wrong. Like I think play with the pros and some other events I've been a part of. The sponsors of those events are volleyball people and they do it because they're in the community. But to get like a big dog who's going to give enough money that we could start like another Labatt tour like John did, it, it just seems so challenging to justify what their return on investment would be. Dad, if you if there's a listener out there who's thinking, hey, why don't we just have a pro tour? What would you say right now to A, fold them up, but B, to let them know like, hey, it's not that freaking simple, all right? Well, it is. it is actually pretty simple. Listen, just I'm going to start asking <laughs> questions in the reverse order because I know you're just going to go a different direction. It's oh, most nightmare right here. Stop voting for this guy, people. <laughs> Why? Well, it's just the truth. Like, it is relatively simple to have a pro tour. You just have to have somebody who's committed to the initiative. Like I was back in the day. Like, I was so passionate about it. Uh, I didn't, didn't let the, the real business sense get in the way of doing it. So I did it. Um, and you know what? I got a good mind to do it again. I did it with the FIVB World Tour event in Edmonton. So I, I think that I don't think people should ever lose their ambition for a, a tour. We should have a tour. For, for, you know, stop. The only reason isn't sponsors. We can we can build it if if you know people come together in a, in a united way and make it happen. Okay. So basically, the bottom line is, if you ever hear anybody say that, it's basically, hey. Put your money where your mouth is. Volunteer some time. Work with John May and help him get this thing going again. Yeah. So when's, when's the Massey tour starting up now? <laughs> hey. <laughs> 20, 2030. 2030. <laughs> Market. I'll with be coming John. back playing by then. Me and Tom will be partners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can you can take on Rito and I. He'll dish me the butter. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be Skyball Central. That could sell. <laughs> I mean, we'd sell that. Scott, just sun hats and sky balls. That's literally all the tour would be. It would sell well. Speedos. All right, Josh. I think we've exhausted that. 
I think so. So let's let's move on to the second one we had set aside. And again, just based on the panel here, so Tom is still experiencing this as an indoor and beach guy. Andrew played a, at the highest level and won a silver at U Sports, and he's representing Canada at Youth Worlds. Garrett's a Youth World champion and a, and a CIS at that time silver medalist. John is, is a high-level beach and indoor guy. And I'm curious for any younger listeners we have, and maybe we'll start with Tom because you're still in it, what makes you pursue one over the other when the time comes? Or, or is it safe to say that you do get pressures from one? Like when, Tom, when you make the indoor junior national team, does that mean you can't play beach that summer? Like where, where does the point come that even though you're, you're dominating both disciplines of our sport, do you get pressure to choose one over the other at a certain point? Yeah, I, I do think that's the case. I know that when you're younger and you have a provincial team, like you can kind of flip back and forth and that's fine. Uh, even with like youth world championships, you can, it's, it's not that crazy amount of commitment like you when you're done you can kind of do whatever you want afterwards um but i think that well for me at least when the junior national team started like that's your whole summer you come back from university and you're gone like you're not in toronto at all you're not playing any beach you're training every day you got the weekends off but you're dead right so for me yeah i think that that was the biggest thing and that kind of took me away from beach and i really haven't given it much of like a a full effort since then uh it's been like four years from since uh that happened but yeah i think probably around the age of like after your first year of university maybe is uh, a big one and also i found that like the structures of how the the actual uh beach volleyball canada versus the indoor volleyball canada they're so different they're polar opposites the way that they're run the structure of it like it's a completely different thing and i think you kind of just gravitate towards whichever one you feel that you are more attached to and you can see yourself pursuing further and like having more success or support or whatever it is so that's an interesting point i've actually never heard anybody mention that before about gravitating towards the one that seems to suit your personality your style the best i mean when i think about Mm -hmm. it that that makes a lot of sense like you ask why wouldn't this person do this why wouldn't this person do this well it just makes way more sense for them over there where they do things this way rather than over here when they do things a totally different way. That's probably Mm -hmm. kind of why I did what I did as well. Yeah. And I also find too with indoor, it's kind of, uh, once you start it, you can't really stop it. Like once you stop, that's when you retire with beach, you can kind of, I feel you can. Oh, you're saying it's easier to flip back and forth the beach. You call them beach guys. Like you you just do it easy. What the heck? I'm not saying it's easy at all. I think it basically. Oh, I think you may be saying you can come back in and out as much as you want, which is absolutely true. Like I'm not going to call you. (laughs) But like, yeah, I find that once you start the indoor career, you got to pretty much pursue it until you retire. And then after that, there's no jumping back and forth. And once you're in indoor, you can't kind of go back and forth. You can play it for fun, but can't really take it crazy seriously it's not like you're going and playing tour events right you don't have the time to do it so yeah it's different viewpoint i guess but and andrew with you going to a youth world championship on the beach like did you feel that indoor was going to be your path because obviously when you play for mcmaster you're competing for a national championship every year and and i think you won an oua championship every year you played right so obviously some strong indoor commands but did you ever get the itch to go to the beach or did you decide that indoor was going to be the lane around that that like tom said after year one you kind of make a choice right yeah no for sure i mean it's always it's funny looking back on the whole the whole journey right but back in high school i mean i, I love playing both I, I i mean i feel lucky to be born where i was born in the beaches and in near ashford is i mean kind of just like all of us because i felt like those were the people that were allowed to play both at a higher level a little bit more otherwise you did have to kind of choose even more uh, so, you know, that, that really made me fall in love with beach. Cause I, I was, I was there all the time. I could, you know, go after school, keep on playing all the time on the weekends, just walk down. 
but then, like you said, as things kind of got into the later years of high school and then even into university, university was where it really, really got, you, you had to choose. Cause for example, a lot of these camps or tournaments to make worlds were, you know, on the same day that we would have an OUA game. Right. So at the same time, I remember that happened to, to Danny and I, one year we were, you know, we were looking to do it, I think after our second year and it happened to fall on the same weekend of a, of a road trip we we're playing guelph and, and waterloo so you know we can't go to dave and ask him to let us skip those two games because that's just the that's just you know when we were in indoor season it was indoor season and that's all we could focus on so it was you know i think it was it's 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 a little bit it was a frustrating thing to go through because i felt like i was always dipping my toe in one or the other and not really allowing myself to fully go after one which um you know or, or I, 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 it's not only that though, it's, it's, I wanted to play both at the highest level to the point where at the very last second I could choose one or the other and really have yeah. the ability to go back and forth. I can remember struggling with that too. And I can remember doing the exact same thing you're saying you did, having to do a camp on the same day you have at a game. Dad, I don't know if you can confirm this, but I feel like a couple years that happened where we have to go into the beach center to do some sort of tryout or training and then drive to an indoor game that night and double up. Am I making that up, or we actually did that? I, I think you probably did that, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know what, I think that's one of the flaws in, our, in the larger picture of our sport. It's all volleyball. <clears throat> then you've got the two very successful pillars of it, beach and volleyball, because that's what it's called. They, they, they don't even call it indoor volleyball. It's called volleyball, and beach is called beach volleyball. So that, that in itself is a bit of a branding issue because it's all volleyball. It should be indoor or six man versus two. They, they can't even, and I say they, I mean the powers that be, myself included. Nobody is, nobody, there's no cooperation. And I, I've said it for a long time. Whoever can solve the integration strategy of the two sports, like a country or uh, if we could figure that out on the world level, we'd dominate, and we'd also dominate the 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 brand positioning. If you look at, there's no separation. The best player in the world right now, or arguably on the woman's side, is Sarah Pavin. She's right up there, and the other, you know, the American uh, team is they're 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 the best in the world. Sarah never played youth beach volleyball. She, she was one of the best indoor players in the world, and now she's converted, as Tom said, to beach. If we could develop a strategy that enabled the best athletes to perform and develop in both, like Karch Karai, we could win gold medals in both disciplines. Like the, the, It's the same game. Bump, set, yeah. strike. You know, it's, it is. And it's a great thing because we don't even understand the dynamic, or well, some do, but there, it's not obvious the different dynamics of, you know, beach versus indoor. When you're part of a team and you've got 20 people and individuals that you're interacting with and you're responsible, you know, building that, that environment of a, of a group versus two guys, you're not even allowed to have a coach. If somebody gets injured, you're out. You know, it's, it's survival and, and you're working on that personal relationship that one-on-one relationship like you do in life, like we haven't even, from a psychological perspective, even cracked the surface of what that means within the dynamic of 
volleyball. And to say that, you know, we just haven't figured it out and it's early because we are going to figure it out. Okay, like on this show, like, are you saying like, we're going to figure it out like right tonight? Now, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> like it, we're figuring it out right now. Right now. Well, what, when you were talking there for, I don't know, it was maybe 10 or 12 minutes. I, I didn't keep track. Um, it made me think of, uh, though, you think about other sports like athletics, for example. It's maybe a bad example, a bad analogy. But in athletics, you have the sprint champion, 100-meter dash. But then the decathletes do that also in that part of their event. Why would there not be some sort of integrated beach and indoor kind of combo event as well? Not necessarily the Olympics, but perhaps as part of the FIBB's, or, sorry, Volleyball World's plan, where you got, you know, a group, group, uh, group of guys playing beach, play against each other, and then they hop it indoors and play a full match. Like, that would be hilarious to watch, like, some of those big units out of the middle get down in the sand and try to make it work. Same thing, the libero hopping out outdoors and trying to pound it down. Maybe they're sick. Like, then it be, kind of becomes interesting if you got, like, a team who's just really good in every position – then you hop on the beach, you hop in indoors, you just start dominating all over, or then it gets really bit competitive. I don't know. That's what it made me think of. I don't know if that's ever been floated at all. Yeah. No, I agree. I think – sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Andrew. No, no, you. No, please. No, please. No, no, after you? you. No, no, please. No, I <laughs> – No, I uh... – Sorry, I forgot my train of thought. Keep going. <laughs> All the buildup gone. That's the first time, believe it or not, that that's happened on the show where two guys were too nice and deferred to each other to the point where everybody's just been talking over each other. Actually, so thank you for bringing some positivity to the show, both of you guys. Well, I didn't. I didn't forget my thought. Um, of course, so you gonna, didn't. I'm going to jump in. So no, but the point. The point. The point being is that that's the great opportunity that volleyball has. It's the most popular sport in the world that doesn't have a defined brand. There's no question. That's for there sure. Is hundreds of, there's hundreds of millions of people. It has the most next to soccer national federations. Yeah. It is a global sport for sure. And it's got the hugest following, but it has no brand presence. Yeah. It, nobody, nobody knows what it is. Is it two people? Is it six people? Yeah. Is it, you know? Is it four people in snow outdoors? What is yeah, it? What, nine men too what, as well. Is it nine men? Is, yeah, what is it? Yeah. What is volleyball? Is it sitting? So, yeah, like it's, well, sitting, I'm not sure that people think, yeah, but I hear you. And that that's the opportunity. If we can define that and integrate it, you know, there's there's a there's huge potential. Okay, I like this. We got we got we got some business experts, we got some player experts on the show. So if sharp cuts, pass and dime sharp cuts is a microcosm for the sport of volleyball and we need to help develop the brand, what are some things that we can do to really help that? Just for the folks at home, so that we know we're putting our money where our mouth is. Very loaded question. <laughs> Yeah, we need we're help. the issues, Tom. This is what we're yeah. about. Comment no, down like below. It. We need help. <laughs> we need live commenting on the show. So we're having the show, and then somebody's hopping in and live commenting over, and then, then there's a reaction to that where somebody then exactly. reacts to the live commentary of the discussion show. Absolutely. Well, I, 
you know what you know what does happen in the sport is that our administration and i don't mean this negatively necessarily but our, careful, our we have members of administrations here yeah no our our administration <laughs> is pretty is pretty and i'll say it camped based like when tom said it said oh they're polar opposites the indoor national program and the beach national programs like they're they're polar opposites in their direction and they're the far, they couldn't be farther apart in philosophy and what they're trying to do. Well, we should start by, you know, asking, should there be more integration? Should there be more communication? Could each discipline benefit from the cooperation of the other? There needs to be more of a, a, a uniting of the, the different elements. And that happens at, at small layers, right? Like just to Andrew's point, like he didn't get to try out for Youth Worlds because he had an indoor game. Why at the beach didn't we look at a calendar and say, that's a university weekend, let's pick a different weekend, right? Like it, it could be a day-to-day, -day, it doesn't have to be these big rock decisions. It could be a small thing like that, right? Like just coordinate when the athletes are available. 100%. And we can even integrate that better into our business here, Josh, and our brand. Better integration, passing dimes. If you're a listener of the podcast, come on the show. Come join us. Come listen. If you're a listener of this show, hop over to Josh. Hop over to Sky Gaming. Better integration, Josh. We can do better at that, I think, you and me. Also, what if what if this happened where you'd have the beach training facility combined with the indoor training facility, so it's all Team Canada, and then you have the two off-branches that are training in the same facilities, and they're all living in the same area. They're all communicating. You know what I mean? Hey, good luck getting beach athletes to try to move and relocate somewhere. That's a, hey, that's a whole thing. Indoor, indoor indoor team, they just go. Yep, yeah, where do you want us to go? We'll go. Beach is <laughs> like, oh no, we need our silos. <laughs> I think Brandy too. Do you guys ever listen to that uh, Spit Chicklets podcast? Absolutely, heavily big inspired fan. this show. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that show, and they've obviously, you know, they're they're very globally popular now, and it's the branding aspect, right? Like they started off as as a podcast, and they hooked up with Barstool, and then Barstool started to brand some products like that pink Whitney drink and then, you know, the Amsterdam brewery and then it's got bigger and bigger, but it was all, and then it started to grow that brand now to where spit and chiclets actually has its own brand, but it's associated with, you know, these, these bigger brands. I think it's, it's, and then that's what creates this following, right? And then it's the merchandise and it's, it's, as John's saying, it, it all starts with, you know, the brand of, creating something and being able to bundle it together for the consumer. So it's, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something specific, but well, you know, like that's people are hungry for that. I get that. Like people on the channel and I'm sure Josh, your listeners as well, like are hungry for stuff like that. Like, Hey, give me some volleyball related gear, some volleyball related content, like some volleyball related stuff. Cause it's just a, so hard to find. Maybe it's small time and people aren't, doing that connection, the working together, brands helping brands. It's a good point you guys are making, Josh. I think we can learn a lot from these guests today. Well, I think there's a lot to build in it. And I'll use one small example. My, my wife is from India and her family and I went to a Jays game and I'll watch a Jays game and I'll know players and stuff, but them just being fans, the Blue Jays make it so easy that all of them had to go get a t-shirt and they had to buy like the extra large beer and they had to do this. And you go up to the, the sky deck and you see the DJ, like the, the baseball was almost secondary to a lot of them because they didn't really know the rules or really care who the players were, where I'm like, oh, like look at the count. It's a 2-1 count and this guy's up. Like they didn't care. They wanted a t-shirt and go have a party where... To, to them, the Rogers Center was the biggest bar in Toronto, not the Blue Jays were the best team, right? Where I think to Andrew's point, Spinning Chicklets does outdoor events. They make it fun where 
beach volleyball, I think, in its prime, it was a party. It was an event that maybe you didn't need to know the rules. You were just happy to be at the beach, cheering, chirping, having a good time. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I miss that. I being being at a live event, even hosting, I've been on the mic a few times. That is such a blast. And I think people really appreciate it when you hop in there, when you get the refs dancing, when you just have fun, you get people in the crowd, dance parties, dance off, you get the music going, you into DJ, you're just getting things going. That is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, one of the most amazing things when we were out in Edmonton and we were having that FIVB three-star event there, which was a lot of fun and it was, you know, bringing the world to Canada here in Edmonton and a great homecoming for Mel and Sarah after winning the world championship. But the great thing was we had the finals of the indoor pro league that was started and the coming together of that, those matches that we hosted indoors at night, that was a party. It was the most amazing thing to, to be able to do both to like to spend all day at the beach, watching the beach and being in that vibe. And then going into the gym to see, you know, high, high level indoor, both men's and women's. And intense. In that that party atmosphere, it was awesome. And the people participating, like the athletes, they were like over the top. Like they were so thankful for that, that opportunity. And I'm not talking about people that hadn't experienced, you know, great international stuff. You know, it was it was a real experience. And I think we're we're definitely missing that. And I think you're on to something with the, with the uniting of brands underneath something that, that brings everybody together, I think is what the sport's definitely, I won't say missing, but I think that's the opportunity. And I'm going to plant a seed here. I'm going to launch something in the next few weeks mm-hmm. that I want to launch it here on this show. And it's going to do that. Well, listen, we're happy to have any exclusives. Maybe it'll help boost the ratings. We're looking forward to that. But are you saying then that you need to come back on the show? I guess I'm reading into that. You're already teasing stuff for a future episode? Yeah, I'll just, you know, it'll be a couple of months from now. (laughs) We'll have to do another poll in that time and just say, hey. yeah. Yeah, do some more research. Well, I mean, now now you've gotten us all curious. Like, so now I'm immediately curious, but I feel like we can't ask about it because we can't announce something yet. Way to just drum up the tension there, Dad. What the heck? Well, it well, ties in everything. It, it ties in everything we're talking about. It really does. And and I love the fact that uh, the FIVB has taken this initiative to create Volleyball World, and there's a huge investment now from a you know, a venture capitalist really that's going to spend money to 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 build the the global brand. But still, even in doing that, even creating those big international events to the highest level, the sport needs something to galvanize it, to bring everybody together under one sort of mission, if you will. And uh, I've got a concept. Okay. Well, it's reminding me of something else that I wanted to talk about. If we can segue away from that so we don't spoil your big announcement for a future episode, keep checking back in. Subscribe to either the podcast and Yes Guy Gaming for details on that. Little, uh little selfish plug there. Um, but uh, the recent uh, four-star event in Doha, the FIV, speaking of Volleyball World, like they just had an event last week. It just finished. Um, even with COVID and all the restrictions, they had a full event um, in Qatar. And, uh, you know, so I, I was kind of watching and I wanted to see what's going on. They're streaming every single game on every single court onto YouTube, which I, I don't know, it's kind of a new thing for me as a fan. Like I appreciated it, but I like, it definitely brought up a ton of critiques than I immediately had for it. 
don't know if any of you guys had a chance to to check it out. If you if you're a listener, if you haven't checked that out, hit them up on YouTube Volleyball World. I think it is, um, and they have every single match on there, including the medal matches, which there was some Canadian content uh, in there. Um, but uh, they just it was kind of weird though. They left the the camera on the end of the court, each court, and just let it run all day. So it's like a 12 hour video for the day on the court, kind of lacking that presentation we were talking about. Did any of you guys have a chance to uh, to see that? I remember being a guy who used to watch live scoring on like a gambling website because that was the only way to get updates of like Garrett and Dan playing in China or something. So I, I appreciated that you could watch it, but I, I do agree with you that like the the level of quality as a viewer, like if I hadn't come through the the stone age of trying to find results and stuff like that, I wouldn't have appreciated this as much. But it's just been a nice change that you literally could watch any match on any court. So we have come a, a little bit further, but you're right. There was no... I don't know, skill involved or, or drama or commentator. And even some of the matches had one commentator, which I think is weird for our sports sometimes, that there's no color guy. Um, but I think we've come a long way. But, yeah, there's still new heights we can hit. Was yeah. the score on there? Did it show the score at least? Yeah, it had a it score. It was sometimes wrong. Uh, Jake freaked out that there was a side change once when the score was wrong, and he was, like, losing his mind, being like, it's wrong. Now we don't even know what the score is. It's like, we're <laughs> off by, like, one point either way here. It's not like it's, they're just making it up. But anyway. Right. Yeah, like I just thought, man, I don't know if there is, but for, I feel like I would love to go and do commentary and be a part of something. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm good at it. Maybe the world's telling me I'm terrible and that's why. But like you could get anybody, not just anybody, but anybody competent to hop in there, be a part of it, somebody at the event, somebody not at the event, to be a part of that for for very cheap and to just elevate the, the value. So Volleyball World, if you're listening, which you're probably not, um, give us a call. Friend of the show, Jeff Miller, started an amazing golf brand called Club Jason. Designed with quality in mind, Jason sets no limits on comfort, feel, and appeal. They are devoted to growing the game of golf and creating opportunities for those who could benefit greatly from a little extra support. 10% of all sales will go to a Club Jason scholarship for a female golfer. An additional 10% of all sales will go towards junior golf programs in Ontario. Club Jason wanted to pass on some savings to you, official friend of the show. Use promo code DIMES, that's D-I-M-E-S, at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Jason also offers free shipping in North America on any order over $99. Visit clubjason.com, that's C-L-U-B-J-S-O-N.com, to check out their amazing clothing and to learn more. Jason, join the club. Yeah, we got to put together a pitch for you to get well, to the world. Yeah, it's true. We need a much better pitch. Hey, guys, we'll have to do your commentary for all Team Canada's matches. Speaking of Team Canada, I mean, I don't know how much you guys have been following closely, but Josh and uh, Dad, I think we have been, um, is, uh, well, Canadians are in the mix. Like, we're in the mix for the Olympics, especially on the women's side. Um, and at this event, our women, Heather, or it's not Heather, uh, Sarah and uh, Melissa were in the in the finals uh, against that uh, American team. Did you guys watch that match? I did, and uh, that's probably the best rivalry in our sport. I think the commentator said they've played each other like seven times in the last two or three seasons. Like, if you include AVPs, and I think the Americans are up four or three now. But like, it's just an entertaining series. Like, there's so much counter going on. They know each other very much that I think there's if there is something to build drama around, I think that's that's the matchup to do it. If we're gonna get some casual fans in on this and treat it like a a movie trailer or something, that's the one that has drama for me because I find it very entertaining, two very close teams. 
That's true. We don't see that that often, right? Like you often have an intense match against one team, but you may not see them again the entire year, right? So for them to play that frequently, that's pretty rare. Yeah, I feel like every time they play too, it's like right down to the wire. It's like yeah. 15, 13, 16, 14, you know, which is anyway, it's impressive. At least we won the world champs though. So. <laughs> yeah, we're down four three, but when they got the world championship. So that that's always gonna be in there. Yeah, I wonder if right that's there. like an Olympic final potentially building. That would be epic after all the times they played to meet in the Olympic final. Oh my goodness. That would that would that would have some viewership. I think <laughs> I think all of Canada would be, uh, anyway, fingers let's crossed. Let's not jinx it. I may have already jinxed it, but let's not jinx it any further. Dad, did you watch the game? Did you have any comments on uh, on the match? Yeah, I watched the game. Uh, and, it, you know, just to go back about the, the quality of the broadcast, you know, to be honest with you, I think there's probably a lot of volleyball people, especially the, the, the more mature ones uh, or the older ones, I would say, the audience is is probably watching it more from a, a, a technical perspective than they are to be entertained. Like I certainly, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even notice because I was watching the game, right? I was more analytical on the outcomes and what was going on and, and actually trying to get in everybody's head there uh, from a distance and understand what was going on. So you know, I, I, I think that's the thing with the sport is that the, by putting it up there on YouTube and just letting it run is just serving the need of people wanting to connect with it because they are connected with the people, right? Like we're all connected with Sarah and Mel and, and Heather and Brandy. So we, you know, we're watching every step to, to wish them well. Same on the guy side. So, you know, that that's one thing that I think it's doing. And it's it's not it's not entertaining. It's Quite, quite honestly, if you were there to be entertained, it's quite boring. And that, that's probably a, a problem to grow our sport. But back to the rivalry, I don't see it as a rivalry. I see it as a... Really? Uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I, obviously they're, they're the two best teams. Uh, the Olympics is a whole different story because it'll come with a whole different, you know, set of circumstances. Everything leading up to it means nothing. It, the world championships, yeah, that was a taste, and and Sarah and Mel came through it, and and they can never take that away. Canada, you know, won the world championships, and I think, I think Sarah and Mel are tough as nails, both of them mentally. They they come from deep, deep rooted volleyball stock, and uh, in my opinion, they're the best team in the world right now, and uh, they're just you know working working to get to the right position. I have I have full confidence in them. Uh, Heather and Brandy, they're, you know, they're right there too, but I think Sarah and Mel have developed just, uh, the next level. But like I said, in the Olympics, it's a whole new ball game, right? You got to be ready. You got to be in the right frame of mind. So I think it's fun to watch. I don't think it'll necessarily come down to the Americans and the Canadians, but, uh, who, who won yeah, the Olympics I, for the women last time? Was it the Germans? It was the Germans. Yeah. Laura Ludwig went on a big run and won like world tour finals, world champs and the Olympics. It was pretty big, pretty big couple of years for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm just looking at the, at, at the games so here and, uh, they, they've got like hundreds of thousands of views on some of these videos, even the ones with, uh, that just the court ran all day. It was like a couple, a couple of videos with a hundred thousand views on them. Like, and they were live streamed. Like, it's not like they're, you know, there's a huge audience to watch that now when the later matches have already happened. So, I mean, at least there's people who are going to watch that around the world. I mean, probably a variety of languages, though. 
yeah, people are people are going to turn into volleyball. It's it's like I said, it's the most popular sport in the world without a brand. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of when you say it like that. It kind of that I don't know. Just it hit close to home there for a moment. I got a little bit emotional there, guys. When you said it's the biggest sport without a brand, Josh, what are we going to do? I just think John's story is so hilarious. I would never meet somebody in the NHL and be like, oh, you play hockey? Yeah, I used to play. Like, I would never compare that level at all, right? Like, right? Yeah, like the guy's got a picture of him with the Stanley Cup on his wall in the basement. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm a hockey player. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, who does that? But we, you know what? It's funny. We all did, right? We all did. We all played hockey. Like Andrew was a super good hockey player. But he would never. That's a great a great analogy, Josh. It's like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm a hockey. That that honestly yeah. though is one of my favorite things to happen to me in regular life is when volleyball comes up anywhere. Like somebody at work asked me, "Hey, we have a you know work team for beach volleyball. Like, you know, have you ever played before?" I like I want so badly to just flex so hard and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm a world champion. Like, no big deal." But, <laughs> and I have to resist, but it's just my favorite thing when I get to really just flex. Like, "Oh, are you any good?" Well, actually, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> So you haven't flexed yet then? It's like going to vacation, eh? And they ask you to play. Yeah, on. like, it, it's tough because you don't want to seem like a cocky guy, right? Like, and I, I mean, I do often regardless of that, but you don't want to seem like that. But then if you're going to play like rec at the, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, they're going to find out. Like, I have to say something here. But that's the truth. That's all the top volleyball players have. Well, it's the funny. Actually, it reminds players. me of a story that Oscar told. He told a hilarious story about how one of he met one of the top beach volleyball players in Canada, Martin Reeder, just stretching on the side of the beach and walks up and asks him, so do you play? Like not knowing, has no idea. Oscar tells him, yeah, I played. Like, you know, like just no idea what's going on and, that would have been an opportunity for him to flex, but I guess he didn't. I don't know. <laughs> hey, can I tell a quick story about something like that? Yeah, absolutely. The first, uh, maybe. Depends the first, how long it is. The first AVP tournament I ever played. Going ahead anyway. All right. Okay. 1982. Drakeage May go down to Chicago to play in the first Chicago Open. We're so excited, right? It's the biggest thing we've ever done. We've, we've heard Just to clarify, Drakeage May, that's you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ed, Just for our know. listeners. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. Ed, Ed Drakeage and, and myself, you. we teamed up and we went down because this, the AVP was coming a bit north. It went to Chicago, Newport Beach. We all, we all know it goes there now, right? This was back in the Miller Highlight days. So Drakeage and I go down there. We're so excited. I guess I'm like, I'm like 21 or 22 and Ed's 19 or something. And we're fired up. There's 96 teams in the, uh, double elimination right that's big and I, I think i told a story about this but how it, how it relates i i walk over to the uh they had the big draw board up there right it's got 96 teams on it that's huge and everybody knows everybody knows there's these five teams from california and one of the teams was smith and stokels okay they have a video this game about them just this saying this is 1982 okay and i'm standing there and i'm looking at the board and this, what looked to me to be a freaking Adonis, walked up towards in his bright yellow shorts, just chiseled out, flowing blonde hair. This this guy looked like uh, 
what's the guy's name? Chris Helmsworth, the, the, the Thor. That's what he looked like, right? Just coming up, puts his foot up on the thing the same way I had, and he's looking at the jawbone, right? <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this must be Sinjin Smith. So I, I go to him, I go, are you Sinjin Smith? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he goes, he goes, no, I'm Randy Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> So that guy felt so and, small in that moment. Oh, then I just, I think I just shriveled up and you <laughs> crawled away. He I probably shriveled away. up. He's like, this joker doesn't even know I'm his partner. Like, oh no, my gosh. But that's the thing. Even like as big as they were, I didn't even know who Sinjin Smith versus Randy Stokels was. And I, and I idolized these guys both. Right. So it was so bizarre to see that. And, uh, and 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 it was that that property back then, the Miller AVP tour, that had a brand. It was on fire, right? But it just couldn't, it, it wasn't scalable, they weren't charging a gate, da 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 da. There's lots of reasons why it didn't make it. Do you think he but, came uh, up it was to you that day and did the exact same pose you were, just to kind of flex on you? Like he knows he looks good. He's got the flowing hair. He just goes up right beside this guy he thinks is maybe a little small, like just to flex. And then you ask him, oh, are you Sinjin Smith? And just bury him internally. <laughs> well, hey, since then, since then, I've become great friends with Sinjin. I don't know Randy that well. I've met him a couple of times. But Sinjin and I, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together over the years here with the FIBB and so on. But, well, we laughed about that. You know, big time, and he loved that, right? Because you know, are you Sinjin Smith? Like everybody, he was the king. He loved that. Oh, Sinjin loved that. Sinjin, yeah, Sinjin loved that, and and because it kind of, like you said, Ren, he probably felt like a no, <laughs> oh, oh, classic. Ruined his career. Classic. Ruined his career. Yeah, <laughs> you folded him up single-handedly with that comment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell. I'll say I have another story that happened in that tournament. I need. Mike Dodd right in the balls on a joust in front of like 3,000 people. <laughs> you couldn't win otherwise, Dodd, eh? He was, he was playing with Hovland. Hovland Dodd, they were a classic team back then. I need him right in the ball. He was out, and Hovland was going berserk. On purpose? Like you, you purposely did it? No, no, no. We were up a joust. You know when you joust, your your feet come up? Well, Mike well, came up and just... I mean, your feet only come up if you're getting completely dominated by the joust. Yeah, well, yeah, I probably didn't hear the joke. <laughs> I, I did all, you know, that's another classic story of, you know, Ed, well. <laughs> you have too many stories. Yeah. We're bringing up too many memories here on this show. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Well, you'll just have to tease them for a future episode like you do literally every time you come on. Well, we got to get Sinjin on the show for sure. Uh, you said that last time. I mean, still yet to... Uh... Tear back, but well, so settled for Andrew. Got, yeah, like we got, we got, we got Sinjin Smith, you know, Tom yeah. and Andrew. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, hey, two for one. Come on. I mean, you guys made the call on that. Feel bad. I was starting to feel bad. This is my second time on the show, and I was thinking it was bit a bit of a family affair, you know, like it just you, you know. But the fact that I, all my family's here, my 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 distant cousin Tom. Well, Andrew, the Coker family, you know how we're related. Like, we're from the Crush Volleyball. Well, our club, listeners so have no idea, but I mean, we do, sure. 
<laughs> well, Andrew Coker and I, you know, he, I'm not you know, sure I that. <laughs> yes, we get it. And did you want to talk about a familiar relation with Josh, or are you just going to leave him out completely? No, he's he's an outsider for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. He's part of the Sharp Cuts family, uh, and we're unsure if you will be continuing moving forward. Just saying. I mean, it, you know, like with the chirps of the show right away, it's. I don't know. Well, that's okay. If you want, if you want your ratings to plummet, that's fine. Mm, that's that hit. That hits us where it hurts. Um, that's for sure. Um, but Josh, I mean, we're getting to the end of the show, and uh, I think we should end like we always do, just rambling and talking about random stuff as we go. Usually, somebody's internet's failed by now, or somebody just has to go to something else. I'm surprised we made it this far. Well, actually, I will say. And I'm sorry to out you after all this time, Tom, but while we've been on the call, there was a period there. So our viewers will know, Tom, your internet was not doing so great. And yeah. the colors on your face were just getting totally distorted and messed up. So apologies if you watch this back later and if it looks, Tom looks weird. Sorry, Tom, I didn't call you in the moment, but I mean, you look great now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, you always got to make a comeback, right? Yeah, it's true. Nobody... Nobody's mentioned the, the, the family that Tom's come from as far as volleyball people goes. You know, Peter and Hiller Sora. Are you kidding me? Legends. Legends. Uh, well, we're not sure if they were okay having their, their names spoken on uh, on a show like this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's too late now, isn't it? Yeah, consensus at the window. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, they're big volleyball guys, I guess. But I think it kind of – well, it's funny, too, because – I remember talking to Josh about this like two years ago, maybe. And he asked me like kind of how I started volleyball and obviously it stems from them, but it actually stemmed from Estonian frat volleyball tournaments, <laughs> literally fraternity volleyball tournaments. So how, how do we get in that? Well, you gotta be Estonian. Well, I, no, hey, hey, you're in. You're yeah. in now. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? So technically, yeah, yeah, you're in. Yeah, you're like, in. You're it, to go. does it have to be blood or by marriage? Because I'm in. You just gotta love saunas and singing and playing volleyball. I guess I don't know. Saunas for sure. Yeah, singing. Yeah, awesome. I gotta love sure. singing. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. about it. But yeah, no, they're they're really good athletes. Yeah, they were the jack of all trades. Not incredibly good at one, but they were proficient in most. Yeah. When the Poldma family was on Family Feud, are those true Estonian outfits, or did they ham it up a little bit? Hundred percent. They okay. Their personalities were definitely heightened. I think that uh, maybe the crew had something to do with that. I'm not saying anything. Hold I don't on. Know. We had volleyball community members on Family Feud, and I didn't know. Oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah. When was this? What the heck? This was maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, they won. Year, though, they won. They, what a they terrible community we had. They were on twice, yeah. yeah. They won, but then they got hammered in the second day. They blew it in the second yeah. one. Now, where did where did the uh, – and I forget his name, I'm sorry, but the guy that was in the middle, he was a real volleyball player for sure. Alex, yeah. Uh, where did he play? He played at Waterloo. Yeah, okay, actually, yeah, yeah. I'll maybe put it up uh, for those watching. There's a really famous photo, including Alex Poldma, oh. Canadian volleyball <laughs> oh, yeah. player. That had been sent around. So I'm not surprised, actually, that they made it on Family Feud because they could just say, oh, it's the guy from this famous photo, right? So for branding, why don't we just put Alex Poldma's face out there with the photo? Everyone knows it. Shaquille O'Neal posted the photo. He so. did, yeah. So Maybe should I just put brand. that as the thumbnail for this video? It's just that Alex Poldma photo. It has nothing to do with the show other than this obscure mention at the end. But, hey, we're looking for the clicks. Maybe mm -hmm. it's an invitation. 
It's an invitation. Neil O'Neill posted? I, I didn't know. Yeah. What's this? What's this all about? Well, I'll, I'll show you the photo it. later, but for our listeners, it's a photo. Uh, it's like a, fan, a group photo where a girl behind Alex's foot is conspicuously placed between his legs. And at first glance, it looks like there's something dangling between his legs that shouldn't be seen on a photo. Um, and that got, it went viral. Shaq tweeted it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, and they were on Family Feud and we didn't even freaking know. What the heck? Well, that would have been great. That would have been great. And, and Family Feud, one of my all-time favorite shows. Well, you'll probably see the show. No, I did. I watched them. Oh, you watched you know it? What? Well, yeah. You know, I want to watch Family Feud every night, and Christina's kind of down on it. But when the Estonians were on, are you kidding? She became the biggest fan. She was all over it. We had to watch it. Like, it was it was over the top. She Very was cheering. And it was like, oh, yeah, go, oh, yeah. Get it. And I'm like, you hate Family Feud. Oh, no, the Estonians. I'm like, what? That's the way the Estonians are. They're tight. They're good people, though. Peter and Hiller, oh, God, I love those guys. Yeah, I know they're awesome. Yeah, definitely a some, tight-knit community. Oh, yeah, I got some great stories. Your your dad, if you're ever talking to your dad, ask him about the time that he was going to bed and I was just getting up thinking that I'd slept the whole night. And I got my suit. Yeah, ask him that story. All right, I will. For I'm sure. going to at that. Look at you again. Last few minutes of the show, again, teasing stories and not going to tell the listeners. Like, well, I think it's, it's just family bonding and Garrett just feels left out. I think that's yeah, what's I feel right really now. left out for yeah. sure. But B, we also have a responsibility to our viewers to not let them feel left out as well. What a terrible show we'd be. Hey, come to Sharp Cuts. You feel left out the entire show. <laughs> I think that the viewers should just look up what Estonia is for context first. And then <laughs> yeah, what is? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure no one really knows the what is Estonia. Anyways. I don't even know. Yeah, yes. I hope uh, Novak and Teaser get a bunch of followers out of this, right? They're the best beach team, I think. Yeah, big shout-outs, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh. Andrew, you've seen Sharp Cuts. You've heard the family connections. I mean, what do you think? Are we on to something here, or should we just give it up completely? No, I think you're on to something. I mean, I listen to Spit and Chicklets every morning. It took me a while to get going on it, but now I, and I don't even really like hockey. I mean, I actually like volleyball, so keep it going. Damn. I think you're you're better than uh, than Ryan Whitney, so keep her up. Well, that's high praise. We are having you back on the show 100%. <laughs> that's the best way to get on the show again, just compliment the host. <laughs> Josh, you're funnier than Biz, too. You're funnier than Biz, so. Well, I mean, Josh, save us, because praise. otherwise my dad's going to try telling a few more stories that he won't finish before the end of the episode. So please save us, end this show, um, before we totally lose track here. Well, out of all of our shows, Garrett, this is definitely in the top five. I think we had a great panel. We we got into some serious discussions. We also had a ton of laughs, and I learned a lot. So I think if if this is your first episode of Sharp Cuts, this is the goal. This is what we want the show to be, and I think these guys definitely nailed it. So thanks to John, Tom, and Andrew for joining us. And, yeah, this is a solid one. And thanks to you for listening. New episodes every Monday. And we're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. We're on Apple Podcasts. And we're on YouTube. Everywhere. We're everywhere, Garrett. We are. Thanks for watching, everyone.